This is Chicago's game day. Deep to left field, and it is fair and gone. Deep left center. Game over. Cubs win. Cubs win. Chicago's game day. He is at the wall. He leaps. He caught it. He caught it. It's a triple play for the Sox. Bases loaded. Bases clean. Chicago's game day only on ESPN 1000 at ESPNChicago.com. Welcome on in. A uh, scratchy sounding Fred Hubner. I don't know why. Maybe I don't have a windscreen. I'll grab one. It's because it's the morning, Fred. I've yeah. got you covered. Here we go. We got two for you. Flip me one of those filthy. Here this it is. is a, hold it. This is the cleanest windscreen that I've ever seen. That is the clean one. You should keep that <laughs> I one. Think, I think I might. I'm going to take it home with me when I leave here. <laughs> Fred Eubner along with Chris Black, Adam Abdallah for the next three hours. We've got a lot to talk about. John Greenberg from The Athletic will join us. Do you know... It's their uh, one-year anniversary this past oh, week. Yeah. Did you get them anything? Uh, not a thing. And well, you know you... why? Because we haven't gotten any hats or shirts or anything from What's the athletic. The, uh, and I subscribe. Year... All the new guys get the hats and the t-shirts. So you're only going to get something if they get you something. Yes. All right. That's well, fair. That's in this fair. case, it's kind of like weddings. You know, yeah. if you go to someone's wedding, you give them something. If they come to your wedding and they give you nothing, it's like, well, hold it. They're What's supposed going on? to. Yeah, right. you got to reciprocate here. Yeah. Yeah. When I got married decades ago, um, we had a, I had an aunt and uncle, and they had four kids with them, and they gave us less money than individual friends of mine. Oh. And I said, eh, four kids. With what's you? going on? As yeah, someone who got married uh, December thirtieth, uh, I, I know what you uh, go, what you went through, Fred. Uh, it's uh, interesting <laughs> to figure that out as you go, and you open up the different cards, and you're like. I'm pretty sure I gave that person 200 bucks yeah. when I went to their uh-huh. wedding, yeah. but it's all right. It's I know. cool. I know. It's, it's, it's kind of weird. I don't know how we get off on that. But, yeah, uh, we'll be here for the next three hours, and we don't know if we're going to be here for the next three hours. We know we're going to be here for two weeks, this week and next yeah. week. We never really know. The schedule comes out. Randy Merkin puts the schedule out, and we will then come and do our shifts and do our shows. But because I'm working with you guys for the next two weeks, this week and next week, next week, Super Bowl Sunday, and we have a, an extended show next week, four and a half hours, or three and a half hours, Can't four wait. and a half for you guys. Let's do it. Yeah. Um, so that's leading into the Super Bowl and leading into Waddle's party. So... We'll or the party pre-party. Tips. Yes. That, well, I'm sure they'll all be listening. <laughs> Only Yurko, because Yurko said he's getting to Waddle's at noon. So Can we do the show from Waddle's house? That would morning? be nice. I don't think he wants us there that early. Oh, come on. It'd be fun. Yeah, why not? Because then we got to get there early to set up. Yeah. And yeah, sure. Plus, if we put an ISDN in his house, which is how we do remember that's inside, he'll never leave. Yeah, I mean, what, uh, you well, think- there are people in this town that have done that for years. <laughs> <laughs> done that for years. It's a great way you to do it. And, and think about it, too. I mean, there, there are guys, and I don't think I'm giving away any industry news, but when uh, when Jay Hood and Jeff Dickerson get together, they're not sitting next to each other. Yeah, when they do their show on the network, and they will later on tonight, yeah. uh, mm-hmm. JD's at home in the northern suburbs, Jonathan's at home in the South Shore. And- right. And, uh, yeah, they're not in a studio. It's if cool. You, if you ever listen to Sirius Satellite Radio, you listen mm-hmm. to the NFL show or MLB Network, yeah. and I do it all the time. Those guys are, they're, you know, one guy's in California, one guy's oh, in yeah. Florida. Even on, even in the, uh, on the ESPN show, usually earlier, Darinoka is in, uh, yep. Charlotte. Yep. Mm-hmm. And, and he's never. The show that's on before us as well, the, um, weekend observations are never yeah. uh, in studio together. So. So what are we, why are we all sitting we, here? Why are we here? Why can't we go, why can't we be home? <laughs> 
I mean, it makes all the sense. But anyway, because I'm with you guys the next two weeks, I wanted to come up with a name for the show. And my first name, orig- you know, originally the first thing I wrote down here is Two Millennials and the Old Man. Yeah, that works. Two that Millennials could, and the Old Man. Now, if anybody out there, 312-332-3776, or you can, you can tweet us. And uh, you can get me at Fred underscore Hubner at Chris Black, at Adam A. Abdallah. And you can let us know what a good name for the show will be for this week and next week. Uh, I have an idea. Now roll with me here. No, that's fine. Kind of out there. What if we call the show Cap and Company? Thanks. One of one of the producers laughed. I was going to suggest the morning Eric, roast, but, but I think that was taken. <laughs> I so, think it was Eric. That yeah. Laughed. No, I, so, I, I like oh, Fred's Cap, idea. Cap and Company. Yeah. The White Sox. Oh, no. Should be lit. <laughs> I think we should just call it. I think Cap, we should call Cap and make sure he gives us a, you know, see if we're lit. I'm sure he's listening right now after after him doing the UIC game. Another thrilling UIC victory uh, as yeah. they've won six of seven or seven of yeah, eight. Yeah, they're playing well and uh, heading towards the Horizon League tournament in Detroit. So it's the right time of the year to hit your stride. And uh, the Flames looked good yesterday. Okay, okay, the last UIC comment we'll probably have this morning. Do you get to go to uh, Detroit for that? Yeah, I'll be there. Okay, yeah, Jonathan nice. and I will be there covering the games and uh, we'll actually be in Milwaukee on Monday night covering uh, the Flames and the Panthers. Nice. That'll be fun. Yeah. Okay, the other thing I wanted to say, I don't know if you guys are going to be proud of me or feel sad for me. Because last night was probably the first time in at least four or five years that I sat down and watched an entire NBA game. Oh, Fred's got Warriors and Celtics thoughts. Let's All do right, this. Let's I, watched an entire, right. I watched an entire NBA game yesterday. And I know I heard you guys talk, and I know you yeah. guys are both huge NBA fans. You can catch Chris along with Jay Hood a lot of times on uh, the NBA, the podcast. That yeah, you we guys have do. a fresh one up right now, so mm-hmm. you can check that out after you listen to this show. Yeah, right. so listen to it at noon. Yeah. So I sat and I, I um, watched the entire game yesterday. I DVR'd it, and then I watched the entire game, zipped past halftime, and then watched the entire second half. The game got got – it was – a 10-point lead one way, a 10-point yep. lead the other way. All of a sudden, it's tied. All of a sudden, it's 10 points again. Came down to the wire. A lot of fouls. Uh, listening to Jeff Van Gundy and uh, Mark Jackson and uh, Mike Breen. Interesting comments. I want to ask you about that because you guys are both NBA guys. They had yeah. some interesting comments, I thought, near the end. But um, I didn't know if you guys were proud of me for watching the game or just sad that it's the first time I've actually sat down and watched an NBA game that did not involve the Bulls Frank, can uh, it be in both? the last five years. Can, can, I, can I choose both? Be. Because sure uh, I'm sad because this NBA hot NBA action has been going on all season, so uh-huh. I'm sad that you've missed out. But I'm proud that you uh, enjoyed last night. I hope you enjoyed it. Yeah, it was fun. Um, and yeah, the two of the best teams in the league, and the way they play is a different style of basketball than, say, the game used to be, right? Because both teams spread the floor. They're always moving. They're always cutting. Um, you don't see one guy just stand and dribble with the ball. Everyone is always moving. And that's the way Brad Stevens, Steve Kerr, they both coach. That's how they play their offense. And both teams are really good defensively. So you, you see guys going after it the entire game, and you saw it last night. Well, and it's funny that you'd say that because – you look at a guy who comes out and scores 49 points and you go, man, he must have been hogging the ball. Well, first of all, he has the ball when he comes over, you know, the midcourt, okay? Sure. The timeline, as they used to call it, I don't know if they still do. Kyrie Irving, 13 for 18. You say, well, he was hogging the ball. You know what? Assists, you only had four and you had, let's see, how many for Curry? You had five. But you never watched that game thinking that they're not passing to an open guy. They were running their offense. They were getting the ball to where it was supposed to be. And you brought up the great point. To, for me, there was defense played constantly. Yeah, 
There was never an easy basket in that yeah. game. Yeah. Uh, maybe a couple of threes early, and then all of a sudden they got out. And after that, Kyrie couldn't. He couldn't turn around without two guys being in his face. Yeah, and that, and that's what that's the way both of these teams compete, which is fun to watch. Well, the Celtics are the best defensive team in the league, and the Warriors, when they want to be, can play very good defense. It's the Cavs that haven't been able to play any defense whatsoever. So now you've got these two teams that, yeah, they can put up a bunch of points. The Warriors can score at will, and you know Steph's not going to have a ton of assists because ultimately he normally has the best shot right out of the offense when they're going through their offense. By the time it gets to Steph, whether he starts with the baller and ends up with him, he's going to have the best shot because he's the best shooter on the team. And then you've got the teams like Boston who now have that scoring threat with Kyrie Irving and he's able to shoot threes and get and get to the basket as well. It, it's a great, it should be, if they get to the finals, it should be a great series to watch these two teams battle back and forth. Yeah, it was a lot of fun last night. And watching, I know I heard, I heard you guys in the first hour of, or in the only hour, actually, a best of 1,000, um, talking about the best watches. And um, I'm not talking like Longines and, you know, whatever. Swatch? Yeah, any of those. But the best <laughs> watches in sports. Yeah, and Apple Watch. Um, and that I don't understand either. If you got an app, an iPod or and an iPad, why do you need an Apple Watch too? I have an Apple. I'm not yeah, wearing that, it currently. That's a great but. question. Um, as I currently sit here with my Apple Watch yeah. on. Um, I have one, but I'm not wearing it. Because you've got all three. I mean, so like if the phone rings, do you look at the phone or do you look at no, your watch? So you... I actually turn off the notifications to the watch okay. because I find that to be annoying. Um I'm a runner, and this is a great running watch. Sure. So if you're a runner, this is the best watch in the market if, if you're someone who uses your watch for that. Um, I do find it annoying with all the notifications and everything with your phone, your iPad, everything else. I'd rather just get that on the phone. Yeah, you could ch- if, you, if you're watching if you're watching something on your iPad and you have yeah. your phone, all of a sudden all three will chime. Well, if I, you get a text or a I tweet, I turn or off a majority of the notifications on my watch. I still have like the texts come in there and everything because you know, especially now in the winter, I've got like my phone in my pocket and stuff, and I don't have to like take off my gloves sure. and get in there. So it's easy. It's also helpful when. Uh, like you don't want to, uh, when you, uh, how am I going to phrase this? When you want to be polite. When you want to ignore someone? Well, no, no, no. Not <laughs> when you want to ignore someone. I'm saying like when, if I'm talking to someone and my watch like vibrates or something like that, I know that there's something as opposed to like feeling my Grab phone and phone. going and looking at my phone while I'm talking to someone. Like, that's easier even, just look at that's even more rude. I can be like, oh, okay, that's not, you know, it's not that important. Keep if I'm in a, if like we're in meetings or whatever, it's not as rude yeah. as looking at your phone and then acting like you're completely ignoring the person talking. To well, you. and I say this, but having a Fitbit and it does the same thing. Yeah, right. With, with yeah. the phone ringing, but yeah. yeah. But anyway, that as I was saying, and how I got off in tangent, but <laughs> as I mentioned, watch a great yes. watch. Yes, and I don't know that I've ever seen a basketball player of any kind in any decade in any era take more shots that hit nothing but net. Yeah. Than Steph Curry. It's amazing. I'm watching him yesterday, and he's throwing them up. Even the ones he puts off the glass hit nothing but that. He put one. He came in, and there was a big guy in front of him. Don't know which guy it was. And he launched. He left, put it way up high off the glass, and comes right through the glass, right through the middle of the net. I've never seen a guy who could shoot so well. Yeah, he's so talented. And it, it's kind of, um, and like what I talked about in the first hour of the show is that I feel like people forget how good he is from time to time just because there's so many other great NBA players going at this moment. And there's a little bit of the Steph Curry fatigue. 
And there's a little bit of the Warriors fatigue. And this team has been the best team in basketball for the last three years, even though they lost that one finals. They were the best team that season. Right. They just lost that series. And then you look at the way Steph has played when he's healthy and he's like actually giving it his all. He does things that no one else in the league can do. And Fred, you're right. His shots barely hit net. Yeah. Like it's almost directly through the hoop. It's unbelievable. And it's incredible. And, and so he is. I think the best watch in sports, and that's what we were talking about. And I, I mean, it'd be interesting to get your perspective on it because we threw out a couple of names: LeBron James, Tom Brady, Lionel Messi. No baseball names. No. And it, it's it's tough to say that one specific baseball player is the best watch in sports because we talked about positional players. You only bat four times, five times in a game. You know. Well, it's even not, but even Brady's the same way because he's only on the field sure. for half yeah. half the time. Even right. when Peyton Manning was there, he was only on the field for half the time. Where basketball players, if they're really good, they play defense too. Sure, so they're on the court all the time. Yeah. So they, you know, sometimes their offense can suffer if, in fact, they're really good defensive players. But even if they don't play defense, you're the you know with the shot clock, you're only even if they go the length of the shot clock, you're only not seeing them do something you know for 24 seconds. Right. So right. they're coming, and the way the game is played now, especially with the Warriors, you're never getting to the end of that shot clock because I said. My, I voted for Steph, obviously, but I said that the Warriors as a whole to me are the most fun to watch in sports because everyone, whether it's, uh, Clay or Durant or even Nick Young hitting open three, I love watching Nick Young be a, a respectable ba- basketball player on like a real team to me now that he's not on the Lakers, <laughs> he's on the Warriors. But like, to have them all when everybody's clicking and yeah. it's just a fun offense and the passing's going well and they can just mess with the team and you're like they're just not even fair to me. That's the most fun watch in sports, regardless of who is succeeding or having the best game that night, whether it's Clay or Steph. I like watching just the Warriors as a whole is the best thing. The one thing about for me not picking Messi or if Ronaldo was there, Ronaldo, yeah. they're the kind of guys where you're sitting there and you're watching the game. And you're watching, you know, and these are two really, you know, unbelievably great teams who go back and forth in uh, Barcelona and also in Real Madrid. And you look at it and you say, okay, well, it's, it's interesting. I'm watching this. I'm watching this. But when Messi gets the ball or when Ronaldo gets the ball, you like sit up mm-hmm. because you know yeah. something special can happen, especially when Messi gets the ball more than when Ronaldo gets. A lot of times Ronaldo scores on a header. Yeah, or, one, a one-touch you know, score is, exactly. is what happens. Where yeah. Messi's going to beat three or four guys and then maybe dish a pass off and then still cut and get the ball back to him and then score. And he, he is the most amazing player, but it's hard in a game that only takes two hours, which is one of the best things about soccer. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely one of the best things about soccer. Only takes two hours and you don't know how many touches he's going to have. A lot of times if teams are trying to take the ball away from him or keep him from getting the ball, it's real difficult in soccer to keep the ball away. But you know, there are guys that do that and they get, they shadow him. But it's hard to go against Steph because, especially, you know, it's like this when people do polls and it's in season, you're yeah. always going to get mm-hmm. that one. Yeah, right. The Brady comparison's interesting. I watch Brady. I've always been a Montana guy, but it's hard for me looking at numbers and longevity to say that Montana was better. But there was a question earlier this week. I don't know if it was on Waddle and Sylvie's show or with one of the other shows, but they were asking if um, Brady would have been drafted by somebody else. You know, how would he have done? And I've said for years, Montana went in the third round. If he would have been drafted by anybody besides a Bill Walsh-led team, probably would have been out of the league in a couple of years because he didn't have a strong arm. 
he got fit into a perfect spot. That's why your quarterback has to tie in with your coach, your offensive coordinator, your scheme, and all that stuff in order for it to work. I, I mean, feel, like also, I feel like when Brady came out and actually ended up playing, it, the league was a lot more patient. Like we were talking about Baker Mayfield, and Eric Edholm made the uh, comparison to Brett Favre. Brett Favre also led the league in interceptions every single year. Right. Like, yeah, he was Brett Favre, but he led. But I don't think that the league is that patient. They wouldn't let and a guy like Brett Favre throw like, Because we look at anymore. guys like Jay Cutler, who had you know his touchdown to interception ratio, and like that wasn't that wasn't successful because you're like, oh, well, he's going to throw three touchdowns, but he's also going to throw inter- three interceptions. Well, when Brett Favre did it, it was okay. It was fine. Yeah, he'll learn. They, yeah, he's learning. Yeah, they don't let you learn. And while you're playing that much anymore, they don't say, well, he'll get better. They say, we got to find another guy. Prime example is Blake Bortles, whose team was one game away from getting to the Super Bowl. There are reports online that the Jaguars are looking at both Alex Smith and Kurt Cousins. Yeah, yeah, and if you add either of those guys to the Jacksonville squad next year, that's going to be the best team in the AFC. Even if the Patriots win the Super Bowl, everyone's yeah. hot pick to win the AFC next year is going to be Jacksonville if they land one of those quarterbacks. Right. And I, and I think if we go back to the watching um, conversation with Tom Brady, I'm surprised not more people would say Aaron Rodgers because I think you're right, Fred. Tom Brady is in the perfect system and has always been the perfect system. But I think if Aaron Rodgers was put on a, a many different teams, he'd still be the MVP caliber player that we've seen. You know, he, he's just a different type of quarterback than Tom Brady is. You know, if you put Tom Brady on a, a you know Cleveland Browns team. They're probably still going to be a bad football team. Oh, like, yeah, like, I don't think Brady changes that entire team. Where Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Rodgers, I could see him changing the entire franchise by just being on that team. Well, they've both done something that most a lot of quarterbacks don't do, and that's win with bad receivers. Yes, or get different true. receivers all the time. The, the Packers would bring in different receivers every year. Now, Jordy Nelson became a really good receiver, but a lot of that was because Aaron Rodgers was there. And their system that they ran with McCarthy. Tom Brady and what the Patriots do and the system that you were talking about, Chris, is perfect because he's got the benefit of the system and Bill Belichick. And they pick out what is wrong, what a team is doing poorly, and they exploit it. And Brady's perfect at executing, whereas Rodgers has to figure – I feel like he – obviously his coaching staff's not as good. So he has to figure that out and kind of do everything himself – Right. But when the, to me the better watch is Brady because when they figure that out, he's so perfect at doing well, it. Right, IQ is like Brady's number one attribute. Where Aaron Rodgers has the better physical tools, you yeah. know. And he like can being, run, he's being got the in, arm. Yeah, being he in the system the for so long has allowed Brady to be smarter than everyone else because he knows everything about what he does. Mm-hmm. Where you're right, Aaron Rodgers seems like he's a little freeform. It's a little improv act that's going on. Uh, know about how you guys feel when you're watching the game and if you want to jump in 312-332-3776 it's actually just like three guys sitting around talking on a sunday morning um <laughs> but you you look at it and um the way that um the way that when you watch the tom brady play all these playoff games i don't know if you guys are amazed at brady when he throws a ball to danny amendola or how in god's name can he danny amendola be open all the time and I don't mean just open. There are times Danny Amendola catches the ball and there's nobody around him. And I don't understand. I thought about it in every one of their playoff games. And I'm sitting on a couch and my wife goes, what's wrong? I go, how is he that open? 
He, there's no way the guy should be that open. And then when Gronk catches the ball, you know, he's caught a, he caught a couple balls where there was a guy at him or even double teamed and things like that. But he's, he gets open all the time. I don't understand going into the game last week. Yeah. Best secondary around. You've got, uh, you've got Ramsey. You've got Boye. They were awful. They yeah. made no plays. Mm-hmm. They, yeah. you know, there were times where, and they mentioned it on TV, where Boye was playing 10 yards off the guy in the line of scrimmage. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, there's a way Danny Amendola gets open. There's nobody covering him. Well, Josh McDaniels does a really good job of getting his wide receivers open. And that was the biggest criticism here of Dal Loggins is you've got, you've got to have, you've got to develop a scheme that gets your wide receivers open because Trubisky can get them the ball. Even if they're bad wide receivers, right. if you're open, you can catch. You're supposed to be able to catch. Yeah. So what Josh McDaniels has been able to do is develop a scheme and in make in-game changes. That's why they're always better in the second half to get these guys open. Even when someone goes down, like Gronk goes down, they find a way. All right, well, now we need to get Amendola open. Now we need to get these guys open. And they've always been able to find a way to get receivers open by changing what they do in the game. And Brady obviously can find the open right. man very easily. Well, he's only, it's only six yards over the line of scrimmage most of the time. And, yeah. he, like, and like you said, he's never had like the best wide receivers. No. But it's all scheme. It's all Josh McDaniels getting guys open in the open, in the field and making adjustments so he can, so Brady can find them. Well, to me, it's three things. It's the pick plays that the Patriots are great at, uh-huh. which are illegal, but they're fantastic at pulling him off. It's Brady being able to avoid the rush without running. Because Brady's ability to just move around in the pocket and be ready to throw without running out yeah. is is something that not all quarterbacks in the league can do. And then you look at it, and they all get open because Brady's willing to give the ball to anyone. Mm-hmm. So, like, instead of just keying in on Gronk, keying in on Amendola, Cooks, he it, whoever's open is getting the ball. James so, White. at some yeah. point, if you can move around in the pocket, then you have the screenplays. Someone will be open if you have more than a second, two seconds to throw. And Brady usually does because he's good at avoiding the rush. And then he finds the open man. He's willing to give it up. Can I, I'm going to do like a 2B because you, your second thing was avoiding the rush. So sure. 2A. Yep. 2B is his offensive line does not get enough credit for... For right. letting the play develop. I mean, yeah, he has to move around in the pocket, but that pocket stays so clean but for like, him. Even, even if and they're look, not like big-name guys. Sure. No, no, not at all. No. But It'll be interesting to at... see how they handle the, the Eagles and their uh, defensive front. Right. But so far in the playoffs and throughout the season, Tom Brady, that offensive line has kept him protected the entire time. But if you look at the footprint of where Brady is moving, mm-hmm. he's not moving far. No. Like, like the the distance he's going from side to side and back and f- or forwards is not far. No. He's just moving like slightly to v- avoid an arm, to avoid you know someone running into his legs. You can compare him with Rodgers a little bit yeah. in, in that aspect. Yeah. Except Rodgers will Rogers, take off though. Right, Rodgers will take off and run as a result. And um, but you look at it, it, do you think like when the playoffs get ready, they say, hey, hey, where's James White and Deion Lewis? Where are those guys? <laughs> yeah, we right. need them because we're in the playoffs now. <laughs> they, that's when we need them. Um, it, it's an interesting watch. I'm not sure. I tweeted let, earlier in the week. I have no, I was like Michael Wilbon. I really have no interest in the game. I don't care. I, I, the we Super all Bowl, know, that is. Right. Yeah. We all, the not biggest the game football of, game yeah, of the year. Not the game of football, <laughs> but I mean, I'm just not interested in it because I don't care if the Patriots win yeah. and win another Super Bowl. I don't, that doesn't, I don't want to say it doesn't impress me because it's the greatest thing you're doing in sports, but I'm, it's kind of like a foregone conclusion in my mind, especially after last year. 
especially after watching the Atlanta Falcons have a 28 to 3 lead in losing. Yeah. I don't know that we can ever see a Super Bowl game that's better than that one. No. And I, you know, Philadelphia as a team, I was the only guy all all Monday long everyone's praising Alshon Jeffrey, which I, it wasn't me oh, doing no. it. <laughs> yeah, I had my Alshon Fred's Jeffrey on, quote. On, on Alshon. He has the, he had the worst numbers in the NFL of pass attempts, balls thrown to him over more than 20 yeah. yards. There was nobody in the NFL that had a lower reception rate than him. But last week, he catches two balls and he yeah. scores touchdowns. Yeah. I go, damn. I would assume I don't deal with this. <laughs> everyone's everyone's going to be another Alshon Jeffrey fan now starting on Monday. Why did the Bears not replace him? I would assume the only guy that compares to that is Amari Cooper because he was he awful, was awful this season. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I would be more amped for this game if Carson Wentz was playing. I, I so feel like I. the fact that a backup quarterback for the Eagles, even though Nick Foles can do it, and we saw how good he's been in the playoffs. He's been really good. It waters down the matchup for me. If I knew the best team in the NFC with their their MVP candidate going against Brady and the Patriots, I would just be a lot more excited. I, I feel like we all kind of know in the back of our heads that even though the defense for the Eagles is really good, at some point, Foles is not going to be as great that he as he's been, and the Eagles won't be able to put up the points that they they have been throughout the playoffs. But the Eagles can run. Yeah, they can. The if, if Foles has even well, he has to three keep stretching quarters the field, of the yeah, so. three quarters of the game that he did uh, in the NFC Championship game, they have a chance, and their defense is going to keep them in it, and it, it'll be a huge test for that the Patriots offensive line that we just praised. Yeah, to protect to go up against the defensive front to go up against Fletcher Cox. He's, I mean, you're going to have to double team him. It'll be interesting to see what they do on defense. I I like this. The more I think about it, the more I'm actually liking the Eagles. Well, we have a whole week to think about yeah. it because next week we'll be sitting here doing the same thing. Exactly. Talking about exactly. the game. That's why I figure we'll talk more about the game later. We come back. I got a poll for you. We've got more talk yes. about some of the things uh, about you guys mentioned it about the All-Star game, NBA All-Star game and the draft. Sure. And uh, things like that. I have questions for you guys. 312-332-3776. It's Chris Black, Adam Abdallah, Fred Hubner, all the way till noon on ESPN 1000. This is Chicago's Game Day, only on ESPN 1000 at ESPNChicago.com. Welcome back in. Fred Hubner along with Chris Black, Adam Abdallah for today and next week, maybe two millennials and the old man or whatever else. Yeah, I actually think just guys talking sports, but that's probably been used many or many times uh, around the country. But we can millennial it up here. for you, though. We can, like, bros yeah. chat and sport yeah. or, like, like the hip thing is to say sport instead of sports. Uh-huh. Uh, and then we could, like, say two, you know, three bros chatting sports or... Or sport. Just, sport, yeah. Yeah. Oh, we'll figure something out. What are we going to call it? Um... Uh, I don't know. On on fleek. <laughs> the show's on fleek. Sports or, on fleek. Or, there you go. Sports on fleek. Or we can just be like the White Sox. The White Sox should be lit. Oh no. No, I don't. Okay. <laughs> Listen, Cap. And I. I oh, I, here I we go. He's all after Cap. I'm uh, not going after Cap. I appreciate he I laugh, trying to use the nomenclature. I heard it live and I was laughing uncontrollably <laughs> upstairs. I get it. But you have to understand that he was talking about, he asked Jason Benetti, the broadcaster of the White Sox, he goes, the, the White Sox games are going to be a blast. The White Sox are going to be lit. The White Sox themselves cannot be lit. The games can be lit. Like this show can be lit. Yeah. The individuals doing the show are not lit. If right. the individuals doing the show were lit, 
that would also that would mean that we were like drunk or whatever. The uh, what we're doing, Poppy Molly, is lit. <laughs> yes. Right. So yeah. the White Sox games will be lit. Yes. The players hopefully are not lit. Well, baseball because... baseball is the one sport where guys have been lit and then gone out and thrown like no hitter. Well, yeah, oh, Mark yeah. Burley, so, the last yeah. when he came in in relief in the World Series. Yeah, yeah. two yeah. or three beers. Or, uh, who was the, the uh, pitcher from the uh, Yankees? Uh, David Wells. Yeah. Well, who's the pitcher that threw a no hitter on LSD? That was uh, Doc Ellis. There you go, Doc yeah. Ellis. He was lit uh-huh. when he threw. <laughs> he that. was lit. I mean, yes. uh, the NBA in the eighties, they were lit they when were they were playing. Lit. Yes. Yeah. Last night, uh, you know, the the game, the arena for the Warriors and Celtics yes. was lit. Now so, I'm, so I'm learning here too. So what was Steph lit last night? No, Steph okay. was not. Steph lit. was not. But so the, what was Steph? The Oracle was Steph. Steph was he was on fire. Steph's jumper was lit. Yeah, uh, yeah, that, that could be, uh, yeah. yeah okay. All right. You, 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 I'll the, give you here, that one. No, you know what, Fred, you should say is Steph's jumper yesterday, it was wet. Okay. That that would work. Of the I, would say, I would say yesterday his jumper was flames. His jumper was flames. I think it was wet. Okay. Uh, here's the, here's the, the poll question I have for you. And I'm going to get to it. This ties into my uh, NBA All-Star talk. Sure. The poll is, will you watch today... The NHL All-Star Game, the Pro Bowl, both or neither. (laughs) You can go to at ESPN 1000. Now, I understand that one of them is on ESPN. Yes. You can, you can watch whatever you'd like, but. You know, I was talking you to Chris. Watch the Pro Bowl on ESPN. There's not a chance. I'm watching. <laughs> I'm sorry, and, and, and it's weird too because they're both afternoon games. The Pro Bowl, because it was in Hawaii, used to be like a five thirty six o'clock start. Yeah. Now this year they're actually going to overlap a little bit. Yes. Which is really dumb and silly, but uh, that'll be interesting. But which are you going to watch? You can go to at ESPN one thousand. Look for the poll. Will you watch the NHL All Star Game, the Pro Bowl, both? Or neither. That ties me in because I was going to ask you guys, two big NBA fans, if you guys watch the NBA All-Star Game each and every year. And is it still, I, I, I have an idea of my answer, is it still second behind baseball or do you guys think the NBA All-Star Game is better than the baseball All-Star Game? Um, I wa- Yes, I watch the NBA All-Star Game. Um, I think it's on par with the Major League Baseball All-Star Game. I don't know if I would pick it ahead of the Major League Baseball All-Star Game. They are definitely the top two, though. They are the top two. (laughs) Um, It's fun to see the guys in the NBA go at each other. Uh, There is a lot of fluff in the NBA All-Star Game, but usually it picks up in the fourth quarter, and it's good basketball, and it's fun to watch. The Major League Baseball All-Star Game is fun, but there's so much... um, substitutions and guys coming in and out that you don't actually get to experience you know four good at bats from mike trout a player that i would like to see go against some of the top pitchers so i I think they're on par with each other i i don't know if that's a good answer or not but i I think they're equal i like it's your answer so it's fine yeah i like the nba all-star game better more and more so because i like the first three quarters during the fluff when it basically turns into a dunk contest yeah. and three-point shooting contest that they had a couple nights before because i like the in-game dunks more than i like the ones that are set up that they're trying three and four times you nobody's know? wearing a cape yeah, during so the like, game yeah like lebron dunking in transition is great like yeah. that's or throwing alley-oops to each other like to me that's more fun i don't go out of my way to watch it but if i'm home and it's on i will watch do you think um that there's more there's going to be more uh, competitive play in the first three quarters this year because there was the draft. 
because, you know, guys are saying, okay, you know, Steph's on one team, Durant's on the other, um, because, you know, they, the guys actually, after the first five, they actually picked people. I don't think so at all. I I think this whole draft thing is a complete misstep by the NBA. I think East versus West worked. I don't think it was something that we needed to tinker with. You know, in 2018, uh, people are so bored with sport or sports to begin Uh with that everyone needs to fix everything. Like, we have this obsession with we can't just watch the sports. Right. We have to fix instant replay. We have to change this rule. We got, is this a catch? Do we need this play? You know, like, everything in sports has to be tinkered with. Right. It's a nice way of saying it. And I think the All-Star game was fine the way it is because it is what it is. Mm -hmm. And my point is you draft the teams, they're still not going to care for the first three quarters. And I get it. Like, yeah, it'll be cool to see Durant and LeBron run up and down the court together for a couple times. But after they do it for the first five minutes of the first quarter, it's going to be back to the same, same old, same old. And I know in the NBA, there are people who want, the league to go away from the conferences so like the playoffs would be made up of the top 16 teams correct and not east versus west and i think that's that's a miss too like the tradition of that is fine just leave it and i don't think it's going to make any difference in the ratings on the nba all-star game no i don't think we're going to see a better game because of it okay i just think it's uh it's a complete miss because if you wanted to get anything out of this it would have been to put this draft on TV and make it a part of the weekend. Right. But instead, you were worried about guys' feelings being hurt, and you just botched it. It's stupid. Why Why even do it at this point? The so only way what were they trying been, to accomplish? Well, too? They, they wanted more people to watch. Well, they wanted I mean, more intrigue. But the only way it would have worked is if on All-Star Saturday night, where you have the three-point contest and you have the dunk contest, like in between the two, right. you've got all the players there, and you basically do like a playground-style draft, right. where you have Steph and LeBron go out to the middle of the court, and they, you've got all the All-Stars there, and you just go, Durant. Kyrie, yeah. like that, and right. that's what you do, and then you get to see people's reactions to then whoever is picked last, or who's picked first, or who's picked from the same team, or who doesn't pick right. their teammate, because that's what you want to see. I don't want to see, because even if they would have televised it, what, you're going to televise Steph and LeBron just talking into a camera? Right. I wanted to see the other players' reactions as they're being picked or passed over. Well, well the- Rachel Nichols on the jump was all over how it should have been televised, and I uh-huh. agree with her, but your guys' idea is better, and if you remember, and I criticize the I don't criticize the NHL also game I just don't watch it um, but a couple of years ago they had a thing where they had a draft yeah. and all the guys that were all-stars were sitting in a backdrop and you had the two coaches there right. and Patrick Kane's picking a guy or whoever it was and they picked Jonathan Taves and then they go but that was cool like yeah that's kind of yeah. like what you guys are saying nobody knows maybe you know maybe they have a hard time putting their uniforms together in the, in the 24 hours before the game or you know they have yeah, an all-star I mean, Friday right yeah they, they could have do done Friday. it you know yeah, they have I'll, the ro- they have the rookie game that right? takes place on Friday night so you could have done it like during halftime it would be a great way to waste 15 minutes right and to get people to watch that game yeah right? I mean, I, it, here's the thing. Like, how hard is it to sew names on jerseys in in, in a in 24 hours? But, Pro- you're right, you're here's right. my question, though. Probably they probably just iron them on. I already it's, have yeah, the names. Exactly. They just, yeah. Velcro for I, we, I don't we've care. seen <laughs> the the NHL has done this format where they drafted. Uh, the NFL has done a format where they mixed up the conferences. They're going back today to the uh, AFC NFC. Right. Um, did we see an a uptick in ratings from those events? Like, why? I don't understand no, why. But the Pro Bowl rates really well because people but, yeah. still gamble. Okay. On it. but, and why the is only that... reason it's amazing because you'll yeah. see the yeah. numbers tomorrow morning. Sure. You guys 
will be talking about it. Yeah. We cap the numbers will be huge. Well, I mean, what is there to really do today? Nothing. So, like, we started this conversation on: Are you going to watch one, the other, or, or neither? neither? And or I, like, yeah. what is going on today outside of some NBA games? Uh, it's the great. It's music's greatest night. The Grammys. Are oh, on right. the, gra- the Grammys the have Grammys messed up all that to, to begin. I heard I heard get out of here. The Grammys with that. are on tonight. Get out of here with that Pro nonsense. Bowl of award shows. Right, like what time, three what, of us. What time watch? does the Grammys start? It's seven o'clock. Okay, great. They're hosted by James Corden. The two All Star games will be over by the time that exactly. So, so you can watch both. I could if I wanted to. For, for like the Come last, on, for the last several years, my wife and I tra- sat down and tried to watch the Grammys because I always, I grew up watching the Grammys. I love the Grammys. And each and every year, we get about halfway through and we say, "This isn't for us. Let's go somewhere else." <laughs> no, but you did bring up the point with Lotto the other day. Us. Yeah, well, because we never, we don't know or listen to any of the music, and I don't. Right. I, you would think during the Grammys, maybe they could clean it up because they knew no one's televised everywhere listening to a song that's beeped constantly or just quieted down and shut down so half the words <laughs> of the song aren't heard is pretty silly um but anyway you mentioned it that um there is a country there are country people yeah well so the, there the is grammys, some country stuff yeah so the grammys a while ago they basically said we're going to give out like three awards and this is just going to be about putting on a concert for right. people and that's what since it was. we have all of these artists in the same room at the same time which is fine i love as a music person i love it so they give out like four or five awards and then they just do a bunch of performances and there's always like half an hour of the grammys that is country, country. and like folk music and it's like okay that's I, when you turn off i guess we yeah. gotta honor everybody yeah <laughs> like, that's, that's which when is you fine turn away. i know it's just it's not for me i i just don't i don't like country music okay. very much so but i understand it and i'll watch it and i i love the grammys it's like my fa- it's my favorite award show besides the oscar okay does the grammys have the same segment that the sag awards the the academy awards and the golden globes have the in memoriam yes yeah do yeah, they really? Right. Yeah, yes, that's my favorite. Yeah. Absolutely. They my do. wife, every year my wife goes for every award Why show. Why is that your favorite? Because you forget about people. Okay. I don't like when they show this sound engineer, which nobody knows and he passed away. But yeah, but those, know. that's, that's music. You should know that. We would have one here if Eric died. We'd put Eric in it. <laughs> I guess we would. You're right. Eric's but, a pretty good, like, no one, like, we're, we've been talking the entire time. Fred, Eric's Fred only like, wants toured. famous people yeah, in his well, okay, people. Then you should love the SAG one the most because yeah. the SAG awards it's are just only actors. actors because right. they don't put the, no, the, the directors and all that, they don't get awards. The so, film editor. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. The film but, editor but that to did music, like three that's movies. That's a huge thing in music. When Rick Rubin dies, of course they're going to put Rick Rubin in there. He's like the most famous producer. Yeah, I guess that's true. Why are you yelling? Because they, the behind the scenes people need to be acknowledged. No, they don't. Yes, they do. As they, a producer, they, you should want this. They chose that path to be behind the scenes. Not everyone can be Timbaland. You see, you hear this, you two back, Eric and Felix, when you guys die, these, you, they're not going to care. Don't, don't share it here for You'll me. You'll be in my in memoriam. Just don't. I'm good. You will be, Thanks, and when you're left out of the in memoriam, I will be on Twitter being like, they forgot Eric Ostrowski. I have to tell you, and this isn't the case with most guys that you've probably worked with, but well, as Sylvia would be, I think. But uh, all five of us here started as producers because I started okay. as a producer answering yeah. phones and cutting tape, literally cutting tape. So all five of us. So I respect the producers. I've cut tape. Yeah. I, I respect the producers as much as probably most uh, talk show hosts because I know I've done it before. Uh, and I know that years ago you could actually um, criticize a producer and he would work harder for you. And about fifteen, <laughs> about about fifteen years ago, that changed. 
about 15 years ago, that changed. And I realized that. And I would take my producers out to breakfast and explain things to them and you know, just tell them stuff. But that's that changed. And yeah, the, you know, uh, Bob Knight way of doing things doesn't really work. It doesn't work with any, today's youth. Right. Yeah. With any with anybody, I guess, on yeah. any level. So yeah. but um, so, yeah, no, I, I Let give me throw credit, this chair at this kid. I give credit. I give credit to the producers. I just, you know, when I'm sitting there watching all these little people, you've got a star, you've got a guy that's done all these albums, you've done he's a, a big singer and all the stuff. This guy did lighting for somebody's show, you know. Nobody. But they made them look good. They made one guy look good. Nobody, most of the people don't know who he is. The best at the beginning of the year, I think it was NBC. They did a whole thing about all the people that passed away during the the previous year. That was the best one I've seen. If you want to go online, I think it's probably about three or four minutes. And they played like the the theme song from like some of the TV shows as okay. they showed the person. And uh, there were a lot of people that passed away. One other thing: Do we know the order of who was picked in what order in the NBA draft? Um, we we only know. Two, first and last? No, no, no. We only know the two people that were selected first for each team. Yeah. Okay. Durant was the first one selected for Team LeBron. Uh, Giannis Antetokounmpo was the first one selected for Team Steph. And they went back and, and forth. It. They didn't go because LeBron got the first. They didn't give Steph two picks in a row, did they? Like a, a I actually serpentine. don't know that answer. I don't know. Yeah, I think because they just think, went back and yeah, forth. That's probably what they did. But you know, that's yeah. always when you're in a fantasy draft. You right. know, you get first, Snake. and you know, you realize you get first, and then you got twenty fifth or whatever. Yeah, but right. that's when there's like you know twelve teams or so. Right. Twenty fourth. Yeah. You can go back and forth. No, I, mean, I, I understand. Yeah, TNT so. reported that Giannis and Durant were the first two selected, but nothing else has really come out um, on the rest of the order. I assume. I mean, until the we have like. Two weeks at least until we get to the All Star Game. Would you like it? Would you like it? Well, because we because no well nobody wants to be the guy that was picked last. And I know the story yeah, about but Westbrook I think, was funny. I think if you look at the rosters, I'm sure you could probably figure out who was last. Well, the story about Westbrook was funny for two reasons. Yeah, one, it was funny that he thought he was picked last, and it was alf- actually in alphabetical order. Right. And second of all. It's in alphabetical order. How could he not figure that out? I think he was just looking for his name and didn't even think about it and then just saw he was at the end and just went, what well, the, the hell? Why am I at the end? The way I interpreted, interpreted the, uh, the situation is that like his, his teammates were the ones that told him, look at was, the list. Hey, you're last. And they were like, Hey man, look, you were last on the list. And he was probably, probably just blinded by rage. He was like, all right, that's it. Bradley Beal, John well, Wall, you're all going down. And yeah, even the guys that he was playing that night were ahead of him. They're like, look, man, they picked Beal ahead of you. They picked John Wall ahead of you. And then he just heard the, what do you call the Kill Bill music in uh-huh. his head. Like the Kill Bill sirens just started going off. And he just saw blinding white light and rage. Yeah, and, that, that's the best Russell Westbrook. So I, I'll take that. Yeah, that's great. exactly. Whatever. That's why I wanted to see them like get angry at each other. But, uh. Maybe yeah. next year. Well, again, you can go to the poll at ESPN 1000. Uh, will you watch the NHL, the All-Star game, the NHL All-Star game, the Pro Bowl, both or neither? We'll give you the results of that. We've got John Greenberg from The Athletic coming up top of the hour. Nick Friedel at 11 o'clock. Uh, there was an article in the Sun-Times today about uh, Denzel Valentine, and I know that he's Chris Black's favorite player. So we'll talk about that. <laughs> Sloppy handles. We'll talk about that and much, much more. 312-332-3776 right here on ESPN 1000. This is Chicago's game day, only on ESPN 1000 at ESPNChicago.com. Welcome on in. It's two millennials and the old guy, Chris Black. 
Adam Abdallah, Fred Hubner, or anything else that uh, you guys might want to name the show. We're doing this this weekend, next week, and who knows, maybe even longer uh, leading up to baseball. I know you two guys sitting here talking baseball on a Sunday morning. You're all geeked up for that. Can't wait. Entire summer of baseball <laughs> conversation. We'll have you locked and loaded. Cubs and White Sox from all angles. All of them. Hey, I yeah. sold it, right? We yeah, have a couple suggestions actually. for names on Twitter. Uh, Sean Esman says uh, it could be the three Amibros. That's pretty good. That's not bad. That's pretty good. And then we have Dale Mang- uh, Magnus said old school, new school. It's pretty good. Like Dale's AC a good DC. listener. Yep. Yeah, that's a good one. I like that one. <laughs> Working titles. Working, they're working titles. titles. Yeah, they're yeah. working titles. Yeah. Um, we, I also had a guy, uh, Brian said, uh, listen, about the all-star game, as long as you're going playground style with the pick, screw the jerseys and play shirts versus skins. Yeah. I mean, wh- it's why a, not? It's a family show. Um, also the one thing yeah, that like, I mean, you know, it's you not know, like if you want to really fix the all-star game in the NBA, how about you do a three on three turn tournament? Yeah. Well, and then you just have guys pick. Three on three, and then you play to 21, and if you lose, you're out, and then you play what? However many games it is to allow all the teams right. to play. In case people were done with it. Yeah, in, in case people weren't listening, I'm the old guy here. Um, <laughs> but uh, I'm not saying anything about the way he said, but years ago, when they actually did one NBA game on TV each week, yeah. they had a one-on-one competition that they recorded before the season and played at halftime of every game. Yeah. And it was Nate Tiny Archibald against Bob Lanier. It was Connie Hawkins going against people. I mean, it was unbelievable. Just think about what you could have in the NBA. Now the problem is that with agents and with the amount of money these guys are making, mm-hmm. there's no way they would agree to it uh, because they probably worry about getting hurt. Well, the NBA is the one league where uh, players play. So, like, the moment the season ends, you know, James Harden is going out and playing in that tournament in Los Angeles. Yeah. And, like, Dudes play throughout There's the summer, the so that guys show up to yeah, the so like, around that they play. Well, all the, the professional the sports, mm-hmm. yeah. the South Side here in Chicago State. I know there's a all lot the of guys professional play. sports. The NBA is the one league where I think you could do like a HBO pay per view one on one tournament and yeah. actually, you know, grand prize, you know. Five million dollars. It'd be great. It'd be, cool. I mean, it'd, it'd be really something to, to uh, bring up and, and watch. Lock- Oops, sorry, when we had that lockout, they talked about having guys play. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Adam Abdallah, Chris Black, Fred Hubner. We come back. John Greenberg will join us from the Athletic. He's a millennial too, isn't he? Or is he a little eh, bit older half. than you guys? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, we'll find out when we when he joins us. <laughs> right here, Fredellas <laughs> on ESPN One Thousand. Chicago's Game Day only on ESPN 1000 at ESPNChicago.com. I'm easy like Sunday morning. Now, see, that, this is actually like right up my alley. Years ago, I would have played this song on a Sunday morning, and Eric is the one that found this and plays it on Sunday mornings. I this think it was like, Eric, right? The original or this remix? This you remix, I like years it. Ago. No, I didn't even know it was a remix. <laughs> yeah, it's got like a little house beat to it. Yeah. Well, I just thought that was, was one like of the guys. like a Caribbean in... drum in the background. I just thought it was one of the guys here tapping his toe or something like that. I don't know. <laughs> Fred Hubner, along with Chris Black, Adam Abdallah. We're here till noon. And if you are a sports fan, and I would hope that you are if you're actually listening to the show here today, um, you got to subscribe to The Athletic. Because they're giving stuff away, I think, still, if you subscribe to them now. Now, if you subscribed earlier, you didn't get a shirt or a hat. But you can get stuff oh, now. Oh, no. Come on, Fred. You Be can positive get stuff with now. the athletic. Don't, don't go at Greenberg no, no, like no. this. No, no, I'm telling them they can get stuff Looking now. Looking for free swag. 
I know what your <laughs> your angle here is. Well, you know, it was cold coming in, and one of those hats would have been nice. But yeah, we see? bring in the editor in chief of uh, Chicago's uh, The Athletic. It is John Greenberg. Hello, John. Hey boys, I'll send some. I'll get them to send some hats down. Just send Fred some okay. stuff. Just send just, Fred something yeah. for like a shirt and just a let hat. us move on from this. You know, John, John, it's just like when I watch Discover commercials on TV and they say that brand new Discover card members get everything they spent paid back to them in the following in the next year. I go, well, hold right. it. I've been a Discover card right. member for years. Why don't I get that? Same with DirecTV right. and all the other things. But no, no, no. I, re- I look at the Athletic all the time, plus being a Niner follower uh, and or fan. It's great because um, I'm able to follow the Niners and uh, the San Jose Earthquakes, which you can't really find information on everywhere else but the Athletic out Bay Area. Right. The San Jose Earthquakes aren't, exa- aren't uh, not a national team as much as they should be. No, not uh, nearly. We'll as much. Yeah, we'll give it as much as we can. But I just want to congratulate you guys because when this first started, kind of like when Sports Talk Radio first started, a lot of people thought, well, this ain't going to work. This ain't going to last. And I know it's just a one-year anniversary you guys just celebrated, but uh, things are going pretty well, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. I mean, really, um, you know, the first year we did it was just us and then Toronto at the end. And then this last year is when we really expanded all over the country. It's kind of crazy. It's all happened in, in one year. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's, the success has been great. You know, we still have a lot of work to do, um, to really get it going. But like this, this last year has been fantastic. And in Chicago, our growth really over the last six months, uh, subscription wise has been really uh, heartening. John, you know what's uh, really fascinating to me about it is that when the newspaper industry started to fall apart, all the websites thought the idea to maximize subscriptions was to charge and then to litter your screen with advertisements, which when I'm trying to read something, the moment something pops up, I'm more likely to just close out of that entire screen than to X out of the advertisement. So like part of the brilliance of the website is the fact that there's nothing popping up when I'm trying to read. I mean, it's brilliant and it's so awesome to see that it's actually working because it seemed like one of those um, whimsical ideas like, hey, how about journalism just as journalism and not with all the ads? And it works. Yeah, yeah, you know, those are the guys who founded the company, really. You know, and I was on board with that because of their ideas, and I was, you know, worried. Like, are people going to subscribe? Is it this, you know, people want things for free? It's kind of weird. We're willing to pay for a lot more things, but because stuff is available for free, people want it for free, and that's kind of how the newspaper industry, you know, got on the web, and so we'll put it on for free now, and we'll figure it out later. I'm still trying to figure it out. But yeah, we don't. The one thing that's not going to change, you know, at least as long as, as we're all involved, is there's not going to be pop-ups and 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 stuff like that on tracking software and you know stuff that's slowing down your computer on our on our website. If there's ads, it's going to be just like static presenting stuff, but it won't be obtrusive. But yeah, that's I think that that's really helped, and I know a lot of people in sports. I know you know we really expanded a lot in hockey all over the country and all over Canada and. One thing our writers have heard from a lot of people in the NHL is how much they like it because it's just clean. You know, we've heard from a GM who just told his his secretary's assistant only print out athletic hockey stuff because he doesn't want to read the rest of it. So <laughs> that's been that kind of growth's been really good. And you know, as me as the foremost hockey chronicler in the city, yes, yeah. very rewarding. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> yeah, you also get uh, you know hard hitting news like White Sox top prospect Elo Jimenez likes fast food. He does. He likes Taco Bell. How about that? How about oh, that? Yeah, and that. the best I moments from was... Sockfest. What, what are the best moments from Sockfest? I know someone was wearing Snapchat glasses, and it was, was there really... still a thing? Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. They. Brought... I mean, it's the way. It's the South Side. It takes a while for stuff to get. You know. 
to get down there. Well, like they, they uh, James Feigen, our White Sox writer, uh, just he put up a story of just like all the funny lines because yesterday was a like, kids only press conference, you know, a prospect one, and that was these guys actually kind of like the Cubs one where you know Wilson Contreras swore about John Lester, you know, Yon Moncada did that about Michael Kopech. Uh, some kid asked, some kid was uh, you know said to Yomer Sanchez like you changed your name from Carlos to Yomer and you had a great year. Uh, Tim Anderson and Matt Davidson, would you guys consider changing your name to Yomer? <laughs> That's a great one. Because if you think, if you look at his numbers, he didn't start hitting until he changed his name, and it made sense. <laughs> right. They were like needling. Someone asked them who their least favorite player in baseball is, and the players are needling Tim Anderson about Marcus Stroman. Like, these guys seem like they were having a pretty good time up there. And, you know, they're not, they're not jaded yet. You know, eventually guys get older and they're like, oh, I don't have to deal with the fans. These guys aren't, aren't aren't there yet, and and I think they're all a lot of these guys are just excited to be in Chicago because these guys ticketed for the minors. You know, this is fun for them to put on a Sox jersey and to be up in the city. So I did enjoy talking to Eloy though. He, um, you know, he's his English is great. He told me he didn't even start learning it until 2014. He wasn't one of those kids. You know, he didn't start learning it at 12 or 13. He started when he got signed by the Cubs, and he said, you know, he really worked hard on it because he wants people to be able to understand him. He wants to talk to his coaches. And you can have a great conversation with him. Like, there's no, he said he just gets nervous sometimes in group interviews, but I think he has the personality, because he, ha- he has his personality, I think he's going to play really well here if he's good. And, you know, maybe my story got him a Taco Bell endorsement. You know, you can only hope. Well, Very good. two things. First of all, did he tell you what his favorite is or his go to at Taco Bell? Well, Zach Collins filled me in on that, and Zach said it was uh, chicken quesadillas. Oh, yes. So, you know, That's good. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so I guess they, I guess they lived in Michael Kopech's place when he left. They took over his place in Birmingham, and it was next to a Taco Bell. So that was kind of the impetus of it. And the, the second thing is, uh, people talk about this a lot. I think when in 2016 you saw the Cubs, and I think some of the some of the Cubs talked about it, maybe in 15 also talking about the camaraderie that the players had because it came up through the minors. When you're over at Soxfest, do you see any of that? And does that actually mean anything, or is it just something nice to talk about? Hey, these guys are really tight, they're really close, but then they got to do it on the field. I mean, I think it's uh, you could see it. You know, guys standing around talking together as you would expect. You know, <laughs> if you want a bunch of guys standing by themselves checking their phone, would be a little weird. But uh, I don't think it means that much. I mean, you know, maybe it, eventually if they make it, you know, those kind of relationships can be important. You know, you're a shortstop, you're. You know, a second baseman, you know, you're outfielders, you know each other. I, I think some of that stuff is helpful because, you know, if you like each other as a team generally and you have talent, I think that's helpful. But it's all about performing. I mean, I don't I don't think, you know, the relationships are really going to mean much. It's just something nice to nice to talk about on a, on a January Friday. Uh, what type of season do you expect from the White Sox this year? Uh... I mean, I think they'll be they'll be better than last year. You know, there, there's going to be there's not going to be these. I don't think those huge valleys that that they got caught in. Uh, I don't. I, I just, it's funny. Just, like the wins and losses, no one's really expecting much from them. You know, they still don't. I'm not sure they have the pitching. Obviously, they decided Miguel Gonzalez to help fill it out. So yeah, I mean, maybe some of the 70s, high 70s wins. I, I think is something you'd think about. Maybe they get to 80. I mean, that's. I think it's possible if Kopech and Eloy come up early that they they could put a charge into 500. You know, if those guys come up early, if they perform, you know, people see this as kind of that transition year. And next year, I think they should really be putting some extra money into it to to beef up what they have as far as free agency or trades and to really try to compete in 2019. 
And Rick Hahn said over the weekend that Eloy, if he pushes his way to the majors, they're not going to keep him back in the minors just because of some artificial date, right? No, but I mean, they're going to do it for, you know, at least a couple weeks. I mean, he, there's no chance he's up early because of the Super 2 stuff. Right. So, I mean, they'll, they'll keep him in for a little bit. But, yeah, I mean, he's got to show he can hit, though. He's, you know, they're, they're big um, talking point, you know, going back to the, or the beginning, to, you know, the end of fall last year is that he's only had 68 at-bats in Double A. So they definitely want him to get some more, you know, at least uh, probably another, I don't know, 100, 150 in Double A, see what he can do. And if he can really hit, I don't know. If They'll send them to AAA that long. AAA has now become kind of a, you don't have to go to AAA. You don't have to stay in AAA long. I think they really want to see it in AA when guys show their stuff. So we'll see. I mean, I, I think the players think he's ready now. And I, I assume a lot of people in the organization do as well. They're just being slightly cautious. What about Rick Renteria? You guys wrote some stuff on the Athletic about him and how you know he's really identifying with all the players. You know, it's obviously uh, he's going to be around, but is he going to be around when all of this? comes to fruition yeah that, i mean that's we'll, we'll see because right now his whole the way he's getting judged on is attitude and you know whatever culture he creates and he, he is known as a teacher so that's it's not bs and you know obviously it's helpful he can speak spanish he speaks spanish fluently first language but he uh first and second but he uh that's helpful but eventually it comes down to how can you manage you know and it, it's got to be some on-field stuff it's got to be how you handle the bullpen and you know lineup construction that's going to come into that's going to come into focus a little more and i know he got i think someone asked him about the bunting yesterday and he said sometimes players go on their own <laughs> uh but you know we'll, we'll see because i don't think anyone uh, the people the cubs feel bad you know about how it went down and whenever someone gets like when the coaches got fired this year from there people kind of joke there about it they got rent you know where they didn't totally deserve it wasn't like totally, nice. totally deserved to get fired but someone better came along is kind of the term of Renteria. When you're doing your good job and then someone better comes along and you get tossed. So that's Ricky's gotta he's gotta improve. You know, he's gotta work on it he's gotta improve himself as much as he wants the players to get better. He's gotta show that he's a manager that for a playoff team. And we don't know if he is yet. John Greenberg, the editor in chief of the Athletic here in Chicago, joining us here on ESPN one thousand, Fred Hubner, Chris Black Adam Abdallah and uh, Bulls coverage. Uh, when the season started, I don't know, uh, John Paxson, we're going to hear him a little bit later on. He he actually told Will Purdue the other day that they really didn't talk about tanking. They knew that they were going to struggle because they had a young team, but that's that's a whole other story. Some people may not have wanted to read some Bulls stuff, but I'm looking here. You're Darnell Mayberry. We had him on the station a couple weeks ago. He does a really cool thing, which makes it even for me more interesting reading his articles when he does these this, these no notebooks after each and every game and he just numbers it and does a bunch of kind of quick hitters and it's great because it makes you want to read and go on to the next one you want to see all the nuggets that he has instead of reading a long feature article not that we don't read those also but this one actually seems cool where this guy come from and and what your what are your thoughts well he um yeah he, he came from he was in oklahoma he was in the oklahoma cover you know i guess when the hornets were there he covered them when they were there briefly um, after hurricane katrina and then he covered the Thunder up until like the last year or so when he moved to the desk to take some time off. Um, he learned the notebook thing actually from Terry Pluto in Akron when he was at the Beacon Journal. Okay, and that's something Terry Pluto did. And and if you look, if you read our Cavs coverage, you know another writer came from Akron too, our Jason Lloyd, and he does the same type of thing. He calls it a different name, but it's the same story after every game, and they they pick that up there. And you know it, it, we've we've struggled and argued about what to do with game stories now because some people 
still like game stories, and a lot of people, but a lot of people don't read them. I was actually big on still keeping it around. I'm like, if you're at a game, you should be writing on what happened. You know, even if it's, you know, you're working on something else, I just feel like there's, there's a necessity to keep people interested every game, every day for baseball. But we notice people really aren't reading those. And that's something we can kind of shift from because we can be flexible. But what Darnell does is different because, like what you said, Fred, it's something that keeps people interested in the game because it's not just telling you a TikTok, a play-by-play of what happened. He's giving you analysis and what it means in the big picture, and he does it with personality, which is, you know, it doesn't work for every sport, but I think for basketball, it's great because so much happens in a game, and there's so many, there's not a lot of players to judge, but every player does something, and every player contributes. So I think it's kind of a fun way to kind of combine everything together. Yeah, I was, he asked me if he could do that when we were hiring him, because I told him, you know, we're however it's phasing out game stories and I, I said absolutely because that's unique no one else in the market's doing that and that's kind of you know i mean there's there's only so many ways to skin a cap but like i do think you know if we can do something unique in, in every sport uh, that's what gets people to subscribe one of the cooler things i'm just looking at the one from the other day and he's got here uh, i was high on james young coming out of kentucky boy was i wrong on him still wonder where <laughs> young went wrong uh trevor booker dislocated his finger late in this one and had an absolutely boss reaction to the sight of his mangled finger and that's the nice thing is too is you guys had uh video onto this and one of the last ones that i saw which is really cool he goes one thing i appreciate about archie diacono is he whips hard crisp quick passes and those little things where you know just floating around a guy's head when he's writing and he throws those in i think that makes it even more entertaining to read it's it's fun to to read all these things yeah i agree and that's what i've always liked when reading daily sports coverage i always thought you know if you go back to the trip days like paul sullivan i thought always did a good job of that with the cubs and and sam smith when he was there you know when he would do these monday morning gm columns i always thought he did like a fun fun little notes about players i think that's it's not just about big features all the time. And, you know, a lot of people, uh, I'm not the biggest person in this, but a lot of people want to make everything like a heartwarming story. <laughs> you know, this person overcame this, and this person, you know, and is sick, so he's playing for her. I, I think at some point it just has to be like, let's give some people some fun stuff to read about the actual games. You know? Absolutely. Uh, John, so what, what what's going on with the Bulls here? Uh, we're about 11 days from the trade deadline, but Nico Miritich and Robin Lopez are still on the team. Do you think the Bulls will make a move before the trade deadline, or do you think they'll just wait all the way until the deadline? Um, I think they'll make it before. I think, uh, I think they're probably pushed. They're probably selling Nico pretty hard right now. So I, I think it, it won't come too close, but I think they'll, they'll get Nico out of here. I, I'm intrigued to see if there's any takers for Robin Lopez. Um, because he's a guy that can make a team better. I just don't know how many teams need an old-school center. You know, he's the kind of guy who's got real skills and real value to a team, but, you know, a lot of people in the NBA just aren't going to cater to him. They're just not going to cater to his style. They don't think he can play, but I would take Robin Lopez as a guy who sets screens to free shooters up on any team. So I'm intrigued to see if he goes and, and Nico goes. I don't know if there's a Justin Holiday market out there, although I would take, if I was a team that needed a score off the bench, I think he'd be great. I just don't know how many teams in contention need that. So I, I like to think they'll get something done before the deadline, but it might go right up to it. You know, it reminds me of the dime. I remember going up to the Birdo for a deadline day, and as I'm walking in, Larry Hughes is walking out, and I don't put two and two together thinking he's just done because practice was over, but he got traded to the Knicks that day. <laughs> <laughs> so, and then we waited there all night, and uh, we're waiting there because Gar then wouldn't talk till like everything was done, which was ridiculous. 
And Brad Miller, who got traded the day before, remember that, from Sacramento? Yeah. yeah. He, fly, he flies out there, and he gives us a press conference. He wasn't scheduled to. He, was just, he stayed in the hotel next to the Alberto Center and was just like, hey, you guys want to talk? Put, took his dip out and you know, talked to us and gave us a really funny press conference, put his dip back in, and, and now he was good to go. <laughs> How do you guys handle like covering a team that is supposed to be really bad, like the Bulls, and still, like, I guess this is more on, like, the, the writers to keep it interesting, but as far as, aside from doing, you know, the nuggets and the notebook from from game by game, how do you guys, you know, introduce fans to Zach Levine, who people may know, but if you're not, like, the, the you know, the Uber NBA fan, you may not know him, and, like, how do you guys gauge, like, what you're going to do as far as introducing fans to a team that's going to be bad, essentially? Yeah, you know, it does get tough because there's only so many stories you can write, especially basketball. You can't do, like, a feature every day. There's only a couple guys on the team. So I think in this case, at least the Bulls didn't go full out. They didn't bottom out. You know, there are guys to talk about that are going to be the future of the team. And I think that was tough with – I remember being at DSPM with the Cubs when they were just like, there's no one there. You know, who are you going to talk about with these guys? You can't do Cody Ransom stories every day. So (laughs) – you know, the, the, at least the Bulls have Chris Dunn. They've got, you know, is Levine coming back. You've got Lowry Markin in every night. You know, and then the Nico sideshow, you know, made it a little easier. So I think you're right. It is, it can be difficult when, when team, you know, it's better for our business. Either teams have to be really good or really bad and bad in a way where it's just like a train wreck. But even that gets old. Like, how many times could you write, like, yeah, John Fox is getting fired? You know, pretty soon. <laughs> like, eventually that gets old. So you have to think. You know, can we do it now? Like, I think one of the things some of our writers do really well, a couple of our freelancers, uh, Will Gottlieb and Stefan Noah, is they do video analysis, and they'll look to see what's working. Like, we had Will, is from Chicago and lives in San Francisco, and he was in town, I got him a credential, and he was asking, this is early in the season, he was asking uh, Chris Dunn about a specific pick-and-roll play and, and how they do it and how they work it. And I thought that was, I think that was probably something he doesn't get asked about a lot. So doing stuff like that, I think, can keep it fresh. Do you guys have any plans for Erlacher Week? Oh my God! Yeah, I guess we. Do. Well, you know what's funny? I mean, don't laugh our, at that, Chris. Our, our, our Bears columnist is Pompey, and I believe he's the one giving Erlacher's yeah uh, he's, presentation, isn't he? Yeah, that's what. At least that's what uh, Erlacher's been telling people. Well, yeah, and I think because I know Pompey's done. They have like a, a kind of a rotating group of people that are like Hall of Fame selectors. You know, these big time writers. I think maybe a couple broadcasters. And I know Pompey's done it before. I mean, he wrote about it for us once about being in the room. And um, yeah, so he's going to give Erlacher stuff. So I got to talk to him to see. You know, can you just write it? Can you be sitting there typing while he's doing it? Like maybe record what he says and just uh, we can post the transcript. So that's not going to happen. But it will be interesting. He, he, I think he'll be able to give us a pretty good write up of, of what happened. I, I know they keep it pretty secret on what's said in there for good reason. But uh, yeah, so Erlacher week. When do they do the? When do they do the announcements? Next Saturday. Next Saturday. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Next Saturday. I mean, he's going to make it. I, I actually, I'm. Pr- I would be pretty confident when you guys. As he gets closer to it, I think he's. I think less and less that he's going to make it because I think they're going to. Really? Yeah, I think they're going to bring Ray Lewis, and there's enough other guys on that list that I think uh, Erlacher might not make it this year, and he might make it the next year. But then again, I didn't think. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's a matter of do the writers care about. Where he's first bout Hall of Famer, he should get in, or should we give Ray Lewis his moment as the only linebacker and then put Erlacher in next year? See, I, I think I think they'll be fine to put two linebackers in. I think people are going to see this as a special case. And Erlacher doesn't have it. Here's the thing: these guys that watch football, 
and really like me. I mean, the guys that are voting really know the game. They're not just looking at stats or whatever, or, just, right. or, or, or biases. Um, Erlacher has no negatives. Like you've never heard anyone say a bad word about Erlacher. People really loved him and they loved to watch him play because he's such. He could do so much. He's so versatile. You know, change, I don't know if he changed position or anything, but he, I think he did have a major effect. I, I think Erlacher. I think Pompey's. I think he's going to give a really good presentation. I just have a feeling. Dan, I, I, you know, I've, Dan's made. I've read Dan's arguments and I've heard Dan argue about guys, and I think he's going to do a good job. And I, I think they're both going to get in. That's that's my opinion. Ray Lewis. If, I can't find this article, but Doctor Z when he used to write online. I don't know if you guys remember Doctor Z. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. he's basically, just, I mean, you know who he is, but by by like the end of his career, he's mostly doing online stuff, and it was hilarious. These Q and A's, these it's like stream of consciousness type stuff, and. One time he said Ray Lewis, he's like, he's not the best linebacker, but he's the loudest linebacker. Because he just did not like Ray Lewis that much. He thought he was like all, a lot of bark more than bite. And I always, as a Steelers fan, I always appreciated that uh, point of view. <laughs> as we let you go, John, uh, how are you feeling about your, uh, you know, the, the, the Steelers going out and also what the Pirates have done, Mr. Pittsburgh? Yeah, it's not exactly, uh, it's not exactly a dream uh, period right now for Pittsburgh sports. Uh, I don't care about the Penguins, but um, yeah, Steelers. That was disappointing, but I mean, I, I can't. I, I thought they would be Jacksonville, but I can't say I didn't see it coming. I mean, that's just how Pittsburgh, you know, the Steelers team is. And then they they laid they laid that they lost to the Jags when I was on my honeymoon in Costa Rica ten years ago. So it's kind of bringing my wife and I were kind of laughing about that memory, watching it in a bar at like a marina. But yeah, I mean, I'm not too thrilled about that. I'm kind of glad Todd Haley's gone. I wasn't really like most people a huge fan of Todd Haley guy. So that that didn't bother me at all, um, and the Pirates—it's disappointing, you know. They really—they had their moment to make uh, a big splash. They didn't trade their prospects. They didn't take on salary. They were, you know, signing Justin Morneau's and Marlon Birds as their as their big deadline deals, and they blew it. They had a chance, man. They ho- its tough to believe they hosted the Cubs in that wild card game. They only were only a game better, but you know, they hosted them. And you just look at like where each franchise has gone since that game. And I covered the Pirates' side for ESPN that game, and they were. Arietta had a no. I mean, he had a complete game shutout. But the players were like, "Man, he was not himself," and we should have hit him. And they were close to doing it on, with the bases loaded. And they felt like you could sense in that clubhouse they felt they let their chance go get away. And it's a good lesson to teams like the White Sox when you have a young core and there's a, you have your moment. And the Cubs did it. You got to make your move. You know, the Cubs. Trade Glabar Torres for all the Chapman because they felt they had to. Trade Eloy Menes for Jose Quintana because they felt they had to. And, and give them credit for you, you only have a certain window. The stuff doesn't last forever. And the, the Pirates' window is slam shut <laughs> for a long time, probably. John, the uh, Super Bowl's next week. So today you're going to spend your time watching the NHL All Star game or the Pro Bowl? Yeah, I actually called App to set up a second TV in my living room. <laughs> <laughs> Did you use the promo Cap code guy. CAP? <laughs> yeah, yeah, use the promo code CAP. And, yeah. Um, we're going to set that up. Actually, I think I'm going to take my son to Wilmot Mountain after this call. <laughs> there you go. John, so appreciate your sponsors. Tell Wilmot, if you guys yes. have any free, uh, tell Wilmot Mountain. Uh, I listen to the commercials incessantly yeah. on the show, on the station, yeah. and uh, so I, I, they've, they've hooked me. That sounds great. John, appreciate it as always. Thanks a lot.
Thanks. Anytime, guys. John Greenberg from The Athletic, the editor-in-chief. If you don't subscribe, you got to subscribe. And if you do it now, I think you might get the... the we still get the hat. Hey, all you're doing is angling for a free hat. Yeah. No, no, no. Other people now can get it. Well, I, can I'm can you purchase let... uh, merch on the website? I don't know. No, I think I you have think, to. Oh, so this is exclusive. Yeah. I think you have to. Yeah, I think you have to. You know somebody. Get it sub- uh, from a subscription. Listen, and there's a reason that when you go to a store, they give you a bag because, you know, there's advertising on a bag. Right. I mean, unless you go to Walgreens and then they charge you seven cents in most right. other places. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, if you wear, you're wearing an athletic hat or an athletic T-shirt, boom! What's the athletic? Hey, you got to subscribe. So it's great advertising too. They're they're not dummies. You're not we, just saying that you are an athletic person. No, no, no. No, because no, Lord knows if I wore one, no one would think I am an athletic person. We come back. We're going to talk a little bit more about the White Sox. I know that's exactly what you two guys wanted to do today. Yeah, it's Chris Black, Adam Abdallah, Fred Hubner here on ESPN 1000. This is Chicago's game day only on ESPN 1000 and ESPNChicago.com. Welcome back in. Fred Hupner along with Chris Black, Adam Abdallah. We got another name for the show. Oh, no. Here we go. But uh, it may, we may have some uh, trademark or copyright. Uh, the young, eh, it doesn't matter. The Young and You Two and The Restless being me. The Young and The Restless. That fits. Yeah. We could just call it also The Bold and The Beautiful and just not <laughs> tell people who was bold. Including the three of us. Yeah. Yeah. Who's beautiful? I'm, we're not telling. We're not telling. We're not who, telling. Who's bold? We're not we're telling. Not, no. Well, who's the third one? No, it's just, it, well, no, it's just, you could have two, two would be bold yeah. or two, two beautiful. Two, beautiful. Yeah. two bolds and two, be- two beautifuls. Yeah. Okay. Uh, White Sox <laughs> Fest is wrapping up today over at the, uh, Hilton Towers. And, uh, in case you missed this Friday, uh, David Kaplan along with, uh, Chuck Garfine and Jason Benetti, they were, they did a great job because I was unable to get a pass for, uh, Sox Fest this year. So, uh, Abdallah, have you heard this story? Uh, I saw it on Twitter. Yeah. I, I'll explain it real quick. The it's restless. A, yeah. It's not, it's not <laughs> necessarily uh, other people feel worse for me than I do. Cause it would have been a, you know, I like going to, I like going to watch. <laughs> Renteria and Han talk to the the uh, fans. You like the panels. Right, the seminars. And the seminar I always like going to is Friday at 6. Well, I worked with Chris at 7, so mm-hmm. I couldn't go to that anyway. Mm-hmm. So I would have had to get there and just do the media thing and talk to a bunch of the guys. So, But Cap talked to some people, and he thinks the White Sox will be exciting this year. Because you know what those games are going to be like, because the White Sox should be lit. It's going to be nuts. I mean, there was, even, it was two years ago, did you just say lit? <laughs> you did. You did. <laughs> like, with great conviction. You did. Absolutely. This is a millennial like, over here. There was some so laughs from the crowd. Is dope. <laughs> broadcast is dope. It's dope. That's awesome. so nice of you. <laughs> Yo. Okay, that was Benetti and, and Cap. Even later on, Tim Anderson was having all kinds of fun because he was up there with them. Yeah. And he kept throwing lit in. And I think he was using it correctly. Yeah, see, that's the, the problem. Is Cap wasn't even using Cap wasn't using it correctly, but in, this isn't the time or place for that. That's yeah. that weekdays nine to noon. What's funny is he nails the lit in, in the sentence, right? But then follows it up with dope. Yeah, something that no millennial would ever say. No, the kids aren't saying dope. Hey, Cap's the biggest millennial of us all. I mean, no one is glued to his sick cell phones like Gavin. Oh my god! So 
Well, and I got to tell you, and one thing I, I did learn, I made $27 because I listened to the show. I'm sure a lot of people made more money, but oh, yeah. when Eddie Olchek called up the other day and said, listen, I got I got a, a cold exacta for you, 10-2 uh, in uh, the Pegasus Championships, which were run yesterday on NBC, and uh, they mentioned it on the broadcast on TV. I was watching it. I had it on while I was watching some of the Senior Bowl, and uh, I, am a, I am a cheap gambler, and it, by being a cheap gambler, you don't win a lot. Right. So I put uh, $5 on the, the 10 to win, and I played two exactas instead of just putting all the money on the exacta. Mm-hmm. And the horse to win paid 420 gun runner, and I got, so I got 10 something. And then the horse to, uh, uh, the exacta got me $17. Mm-hmm. But he, 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 when he said it, I think he met, let everybody know that it wasn't going to be a big payday, but it was going to come in. Do you know how much Eddie Olchek won yesterday? No. Three hundred fifty thousand dollars. Did he really? Yes. You're supposed to be uh, saying that on the. Yeah, air? it's out. It's out there. Yeah. No, yeah. I didn't see All that. Right. All right, just making sure because I, I heard about this during the UIC Flames game. Yeah. Cap was doing the game on NBC Sports yeah. Chicago, and like in the game, he's turning around and like no, showing us tweeted, his phone because people about it. people were blowing him up. No, on someone it, tweeted on his phone. about it. They like put it in the um. Right. They right. put just it in something. Sure. It was on Twitter. Let's Try, see. That's trying where to I protect saw it. my guy Eddie Olchek. Yeah. So, yeah. Hey. Come on, Abdallah. And that's where I saw it. I saw it on Twitter. Eddie listens. Up his spot. I mean, Eddie listens a lot. He's called the show not only during the week, but he called me and Murph a couple weeks ago asking about a, a, a snapshot, which we hadn't heard of before uh, in hockey. But uh, the, as soon as I put it out there, I said, like, thanks, Edzo. Uh, you know, I'm a cheap gambler. I won 27 bucks. Uh, someone got... You know, I grew up in Cicero, so there were two racetracks. It was Hawthorne and Sportsman's. Yeah. I grew up, when I went to high school, instead of, you know, in study hall, I would be looking at the racing form and the, and the program instead. So I, I'd go to the track a lot. More harness because, damn it, during the day there was thoroughbred racing, but I had school to attend and I couldn't go. <laughs> so yeah, how helpful is the school now? Yeah. Looking I, back on it. I know. Right? I, not much. Yeah. Maybe some of the math would have been good. But, <laughs> you know, that might have helped a little bit. Maybe, and my wife says the English might have been better if I would have <laughs> concentrated a little You're more. You're doing fine. Yeah, but, but you know. And You're so doing I, good. I had like, t- <laughs> yeah, I, I had two guys immediately get back to me. They go, yeah, quite a, quite a gamble, an even money shot and a, and a five to two shot. They were the two favorites. Still and won, I, though. Right. And I got back to him. I said, it's better than losing. Right. Winner's you know? a winner, man. And, and, and the way Olchek said what he said, cold exact, I think he meant, listen, just bet 10-2. Right. Put all your money on 10-2, and two, and it won. So yeah. they were the only two horses down the stretch. My only fear was that the two was going to catch the 10, so, and it didn't happen. So I'm sure that Abdallah and I are not the only millennials listening right now and talking at this moment, but... um I can go along with the the horse talk, but yeah. uh, it really uh, is over my head, and it's like I think speaking as as the youngest person in the room right now uh, kind of misses the mark with me. Like well, I get that you guys enjoy it, and I'm not saying this to take away the enjoyment that Cap has for it, that Eddie Olchek has for it, that you have for it, Fred. It's just I don't know if it's a generational thing, but I feel like I at no point in my life did I ever find horse racing interesting. Well, there's a couple of problems, I think. One is uh, there's a good thing. You can gamble on it. So that, sure. would, that would entertain. I know this yeah. guy next to me. Yeah. Adam yeah. Mm-hmm. would be more than happy. because you can. The problem is you gamble on the race. And then if you're at the track, unless you're betting other tracks, you you've can got collect 25, your money, right? Well, you've got 25 minutes to wait for the next race. Well, sure. I think the other and if problem is... And if you think that uh, if you think baseball and football are drawn out, you've got a nine or ten race card in right. three and a half to four hours. I think the other problem is, too, 
that like the reason we don't get into it is like we can watch basketball and we can watch football. If I'm going to do research on a horse, I have to like go through their lineage and like all this. I have to know that kind of thing. Like right. it's just that's like I don't like I don't care about who who the horse's parents well, I, are. I just think like, as what a, difference does that make to me? I just think as a listener to sports radio, like like even back in the days of Macker Harry, Harry would always talk about horse racing, yeah, and, and I would listen to that show all the mm-hmm, time, mm-hmm. and I would always think to myself like I couldn't care about this at all. Like what? Like, why is horse racing so prominent on sports talk radio compared to everything else? Like, there are a lot of niche sports yeah. that deserve some some conversation that we never get to, but horse racing always finds a way in. There used to be an OTB across the street yeah, there right, was here, right there, and I'd have right to go there. place bets for these for uh, Mac Yurko and Harry when I was yeah. their intern. Well, I think one of the reasons is is because you can win money, and because if it wasn't if it wasn't for Eddie being on the station, I know I think we talk about it a lot less. Yeah, it could be. I mean, l- listen, yeah. I get the gambling aspect. Yeah. Because I've seen Abdallah and myself have gambled on turtles racing. So, so like I'm all about the gambling on, on random animals uh-huh. running around in a circle. I sure. get that. Yeah. I'm fine with that. Uh, I just have never really been into it. Listen, I think for horse racing, when they finally get a triple crown winner, um, I think it will save the sport. You're being sarcastic here. Absolutely. Yes, you are. I, I'm no, so I, glad that they finally got their triple crown horse and then, it, oh, wait, yes. oh, okay, all right. No, but I, I mean, I, I kind of agree with you and I, I can understand. Uh, years ago, someone told me, I don't care if you like my sport or not, I'm going to like it. Yeah. And they were telling me that yeah. about soccer. Listen, I know people all week long that got up early to watch the Australian Open tennis. I could not care less oh. who won. Uh, today, there's a Tiger Woods is playing. Could not care less. I'm not going to. I would watch the NHL All Star Game before I would watch golf. Listen, Manchester City's playing right now. You think anybody's watching the Fox Deportes channel besides me asking to have it on? Yeah, yeah, Yeah. probably not. But yeah, so everybody's got their own niche sports. I mean, tennis we don't talk about much. Soccer we don't talk about much. There are the big four. I mean, Mm -hmm. it's it's the Mm -hmm. big four sports. Big big three. I mean, because honestly, right. how often do people talk about hockey and, and people watch Blackhawk games? But how, three Stanley Cups in five years or six years. Right. We I talk know. more college football than we do hockey. Oh, for sure. Well, college football is probably because you can get you can bet on it, and it's probably the second biggest sport in the country it's because the, it's yeah. football. It's the second most watched sport. It goes NFL, college football, and then NBA and, and then baseball. Baseball, yeah. Does that come in because each game's four hours? <laughs> Second most watch. It takes you that long to watch a game. Well, you know I what's mean, funny about that is even though the games are long and, and drawn out, I don't ever feel fatigued at the end like, man, I just wasted all this time watching college football. It seems to me like the games get exciting as they go. As they go and it, it's not – I maybe I'm different because I love college football, but mm-hmm. – I don't ever sit through a four and a half hour game and say, man, I really wasted my Saturday. The only time I've ever felt how long a college football game was was when you and I went to Alabama this year because there's nothing to do in, in timeouts. Like we're just sitting there watching yeah. the game and they went to, I'm like, man, they take a lot of time. Yeah. Cause normally when we're watching at home, you go to another channel, mm-hmm. there's like eight games on at a time on sure. TV. So you can go to another channel. You've got a couple TVs going. You can look up, you walk around, whatever. But when you're at, like when I was at the game, I was like, they take a lot of timeouts. Like I've never felt it like the, the length of a game than actually being there. Well, there's, there's also nothing cooler than being in Tuscaloosa oh, for God. a college football yeah. game. Sure. Uh, yeah. And, and all, and all the singing of Sweet Home yeah. Alabama, Roll Tie, Roll in between, I, it was fantastic. Mm-hmm. 
But, That's right. it, but I mean, you go to Bears games, and in Bears, when the Bears, yeah. there's a TV timeout in Bears games, that's just about well, the same thing. The it? NFL it there too, yeah. The NFL has also cut out some of the uh, score, timeout, kickoff, timeout, timeout right. possession of the mm-hmm. ball, yeah. where college mm-hmm. football still has that. College football also stops the clock when you go out of bounds in the middle of the quarter. So, like, you know, the third quarter, someone goes out of bounds, the clock stops. Right. And that's why the games are so long and there's so many possess- – like, it just takes forever. But I enjoy it personally. I NFL games do feel a little drawn out, but I think that's also just because of um, the lack of enthusiasm in the stadium. And I think if the Bears are good when they are good and it's a playoff atmosphere and it's right. meaningful football, I think it's a different feel. Yeah, it probably is. Let's go to uh, the River North area. Matt, you're on ESPN 1000. Hey, Matt, what's going on? Hey, fellas. You know, like you guys, are t- I think the reason people don't talk about hockey much, most kids growing up, you know, like myself, I played, you know, baseball, I played football, played pickup basketball. I never played ice hockey, so I really don't know, I don't understand the game that well. It's very hard for me to, even if I watch a game, to tell, you know, I could tell, like, back in the 90s when I watched the Hawks, that Ronick looked like the best player on the team. But I really don't know that, you know. And that's the reason I think it's not as popular. You know, it's got its cult following, but it's not as popular amongst everybody. It's not really a national sport. Well, and I think, and Matt, I appreciate the call. I, I think, uh, you know, any sport where you have played it before, yeah, you're going to be a little more interested in it. A good friend of mine, Tom Kelly, he played hockey. Still, probably still plays hockey. Carmen and Yurko both play hockey. Mm-hmm. They're big hockey fans. They play hockey. They watch the games. Uh, growing up, I played basketball. We played football in the yard. I played baseball every morning or every day growing up. So those are the sports that I I enjoy. And I, you know, we played we played street hockey and floor hockey in high school. Yeah, and we won a tournament at the the Hawthorne Rec Center, and still waiting for our plates that said we were champions. I got the trophy. I they hope said, you get those plates. They said the plate will come in the mail. No, it'll be nice when yeah. you finally get that. That was that was seventy two <laughs> uh, or no seventy five. I, I think it was. I grew up overseas, and we literally played nothing but soccer. Yeah, in in Saudi Arabia, I mean, and we watched nothing but soccer. Did you so, gamble on anything? Did you well, gamble I mean, at I, your I, total races? Yeah, yeah. I was. And which I was, goat was going to get got? <laughs> I was. Eight years old, so in ten years old, and moved back here, you know, in sixth grade. But until that's why I like soccer because right. I grew up around it. I was a fan of the local teams there. Like we each had, like we all had teams and that kind of thing. Like it was, that's all we did. You know, the whole hockey thing and sociologically why people don't watch hockey on a national level. I think it's pretty easy. ESPN used to have a show dedicated to hockey coverage every single day, right? They used to have a show yeah. on every single day. It was a half an hour long. They'd take you through all the highlights. You'd know everything about the league just from watching that one half an hour show. The NHL isn't on ESPN anymore, and they don't have that show anymore. And mm-hmm. then when you watch SportsCenter back in the day, SportsCenter would cover all the highlights from all the games. Right. And you would know something about the league. When, when do you see hockey highlights on SportsCenter now? Maybe one, yeah. maybe an Ovechkin goal, maybe, you know, maybe one or two highlights, but you never see the entire slate of highlights on TV anymore. And like, unless you're going to the NHL channel, you're not going to get that coverage in a, in a mainstream format. And then that also, that eats away at all of us knowing something about other teams. It's fun to watch the Hawks play. I'm not going to take that from you, but on a national landscape, people just don't know anything about hockey because it, you know, if you're consuming SportsCenter or ESPN, you're not 
you're not getting any hockey coverage. Yeah. You know, like in the mid nineties, I think we all knew a lot more about hockey than we did. Well, I was watching soccer. There's a guy well, I wanted to call and say, talk about people who don't know anything about hockey. This guy knows something about hockey and oh, horses. No. Here we go. Edzo, how are you? Edzo! <laughs> Holy cow. Let, let me, let me get off the floor here. Let me take all the knives out of my back. <laughs> oh, hey. my, forget. How about the one that's right between the right between the right in the groin too? I'm <laughs> oh my god! Holy cow! We gave you wow. credit. Hey, we gave hey, you, congratulations by the yeah, way. Yeah, we gave and we gave you credit for the the win. And like I said, I tweeted it out and that I that you you won. And the guy gets back to me. He says, "Great!" And even money shot in a five to two. And I said, "Well, yeah, well, you know what? Look, here, here's the reality of it. If and if you like, if you're gambling, look, if you if there was no gambling allowed on the NFL, how popular would it be?" I agree completely with you. Okay. Yeah. All right. So just, just not not uh, deviating from from what you said, Fred. But uh, it, it was uh, when you look at it, when you invest the money, it ended up being I I gave out an eight to one shot. When you look at how the how the money ended up paying out, right? Right. Because if you bet a dollar, you got back eight dollars and fifty cents. So if you bet two dollars, you got back seventeen. If you bet two thousand. You got back seventeen. If you bet twenty thousand, you got a hundred and seventy thousand back. So, <laughs> I, I I gave out I gave out an eight to one shot. Really, when you look at it, when you pick the two, and again, it's money management. It's how you play it. You know, a lot is made of of parlays and teasers and all that kind of stuff. But at the end of the day, you know what? Uh, it's better going to the window and smiling than yeah. ripping up your tickets and saying, you know what? Oh well. So I'm glad I was able to help a few people. Regardless, look. Look, where can you turn two dollars into seventeen uh, in a matter of a minute and fifty-five seconds? Yeah, and where my, does that happen? In my my uh, online account, I turned uh, nine dollars into twenty into thirty-seven <laughs> or twenty-seven because I because I I'm a, I'm a cheap gambler. I bet five on the horse to win and then uh, the exact of both ways because I've gotten beat too many times where one horse beats the yeah. other and I don't win. So been there, been there, done that, and all I can say is I got even yesterday. So that's all I'm happy with. So I got even yesterday. That's what all we. Good. That's what all we good. hear. And you could you could talk to you know forever to us about hockey and uh, you know our love or not non love for hockey. And I know you'll be well, watching. Look, the- I, look I, agree, I agree with that last caller. I mean, I, I, I just heard him, and, and it kind of was what kind of spurred me on to give you guys a, a shot. And you guys are doing a great job this uh, beautiful Sunday morning. But uh, look, I mean, a lot of people. You're right. A lot of people did not grow up with. Uh, the game of hockey. So, I mean, can it be intimidating? Sure. I mean, it's like walking up to a craps table for the first time, right? It's like you got this, you got these two people with sticks in their hands. You got, you know, you got, you got people yelling and throwing money. It's, it's very intimidating. And look, I can see hockey being the same way. And look, if you're going to be, uh, on television or in the newspaper business or on the radio and, and you don't grow up with it and you don't know it, you're not going to talk about it. I mean, that's just the reality. I'm not going to come on Cap show and try to talk <laughs> politics or try to talk to 3-4 or the 4-3 because, look, I have an idea, but it's, it's, I don't have confidence in doing that. So, you know, who wants to look like you know what if you get on the air and you're trying to talk about it? And I, and I do believe that if there was more talk about the game of hockey is that people – would would understand it more and people would have confidence in talking about it so like for me it's been a battle my whole life i mean the two the two sports that i love more than anything are you know i mean can you say they're cult sports they're uh niche sports i mean whatever the verbiage you want to use but at the end of the day uh it's 
you know, it's entertainment. It's uh, a game. There's a there is a uh, there is a huge following, especially in this town, Fred. I heard you say it. I mean, three cups in yeah. you know five or six years. I mean, this franchise was absolutely irrelevant until Rocky Wirtz and John McDonough took over. And you know, look, what what other team in this town has won three championships in five or six years? Let alone three championships. I mean, you know, the Bears obviously have had a struggle for a long, long time. The Bulls went on that incredible run. The Cubs seems like you know they've turned it around here the last couple of years. We know the Sox won before, so you know, look, I, all you can do is. Is is a you know I guess a, a unofficial ambassador of the sport, especially in our town. Is look, there is people that want to talk about it, maybe not on a daily basis. I get it, but you know it it is a game that uh, you know that continues to need to be uh, the word needs to be spread, and uh, that's part of my uh, that's part of my mission in life, and that's uh, part of my uh, kind of part of my job when uh, I get that opportunity, whether I'm doing the games for the Hawks or nationally. Uh, or uh, I get a chance to talk on the radio with you guys. So I don't want to take too much of your time, but I appreciate you guys having me on today, and uh, keep up the great work. And uh, I might have to stop by tomorrow uh, on Cap Show there and just kind of keep him in line tomorrow because I think he's going to Hey, Edzo, help, help me out with something, though, because I, yeah. I think you're the perfect person to ask about this. Sure. sure. When Abdal and I were growing up in the 90s, there was yeah. hockey coverage on SportsCenter, on ESPN, okay. and when yeah. hockey went to verses, I feel like uh-huh. that took hockey out of the mainstream, and a lot of us... Stop getting our daily dose of hockey coverage, and that's why there's like a missing generation of us in the 90s who didn't have local Hawks coverage and then not the sports center coverage, and that's why yeah. we lack the enthusiasm for the NHL. Well, look, I, I, I think I think that's fair, but, I mean, if you look at what's happened here, Chris, over the course of the last uh, – I've been with NBC now, and obviously Comcast, I mean, that's a, that's a pretty major player in, in broadcasting over the course of the last 10 years. I mean – there's hockey on four or five nights a week. I mean, they have their, you know, they have their shows, and I mean, it's on national television. And I think what ended up happening was is that, uh, you know, the game started being, you know, they stopped. You know, we understand cable television over the air television, but I think what ended up happening was is yeah, you know, maybe maybe we did lose, uh, we you know we did lose some uh, a fan base or maybe some some newbies there that maybe didn't see it, but. You know, I think what ended up happening was, Chris, is that, mm-hmm. you know, hockey, hockey highlights on, on SportsCenter became, you know, five and six seconds and, and really quick. Like, I mean, like, so I, I just think that it, it needed a change. And, look, the more network that you can have or the more t- coverage that you can have, the better it can be. And, look, I, I can't argue that point. I can't. But, again, I think it goes back to Fred's point of Tarm playing, York playing, yeah. you know cap trying to play and still trying to play and, you know and, you know so i i you know it's frustrating for sure i mean it is it's very frustrating uh but for me all i can do is try to emphasize the uh positives don't run from it and uh, continue to promote it because like i said you if any i would always encourage somebody chris to yeah. to, to not if you're going to watch hockey for the first time or the second time if you can go to a game and i promise you you'll be hooked mm-hmm. i promise yeah. Like, you know, I mean, obviously, look, I'm in the business of being on TV. Like, you know, that's how I generate and work is by people watching on TV. And, you know, and and I believe this. I believe if you opened up the the, the United Center, if you opened up to another 20,000 seats, I think that you could get 35 to 40,000 people for every Blackhawk game. I really believe that. I really believe that in this town that people, you know, maybe not the last couple of months, but over the course of the last couple of years, (laughs) I really believe is that if you opened up the United Center, you could get 35000 a night at the United Center. And I think that speaks to the popularity of not only the winning, 
and the franchise and the and the people involved, but also to the game as well. So, what's the next horse pick you got for us? <laughs> <laughs> all, all I know is today I'm getting my feet wet. There's a a a pick six mandatory payout down at Gulfstream today, where the pool is going to be probably about. 15 schmills, so I'm going to go get my feet wet on that in a couple of hours. So, Eddie, we appreciate it as always. Take okay, care. Guys, keep up the great work. Appreciate your time, and uh, we'll talk to you guys soon. Thanks a lot. Sounds great, Eddie. Eddie. Eddie Olchek, and uh, again, if you were watching the, the race yesterday, they had his picks right there as soon as the race ended. They said, Eddie's got to be happy. Well, little did we know yeah. how happy Eddie was. And Enzo is totally right. You go to an NHL game He's live, right. yeah. well, it's, it's completely one of the different. Best live experiences. I don't like talking yeah. about hockey very much. I don't really watch it very much. But going is one of the best yeah. things Hawks you can do. Hawks games are great. Yeah. And we come back. We're going to talk with uh, Nick Friedel. That'll be wonderful. That'll be great. Look at the enthusiasm on your faces. Uh, <laughs> right here on ESPN 1000. Stop it. This is Chicago's Game Day, only on ESPN 1000 at ESPNChicago.com. Welcome back in. Fred Huebner along with Chris Black, Adam Abdallah. I was going to say for names for us, we also, and I know you don't all do it now and I don't do it quite as often, we could also be the instructors. Oh, yeah. Because we were all instructors at the Illinois Media School. Or professors or something. (laughs) Just give myself a doctorate. Abdal, I'm an instructor. I don't know about you, but uh, I like to just help out the youth of uh, tomorrow. Yeah, you know, sometimes you got to give back. You know, you know, you got to give back to the community that that gave you a lot. And so we, we you know, we teach kids how to broadcast. Professor, good. well, you know, gonna you know what you're going to do. You know what's going to happen eventually to both of you guys as you progress in your we're, career. We're going to get old. Well, that too. <laughs> are you well, morning? Are we looking into the mirror? Is no, that ho- hopefully you will all get old? There, <laughs> you know, when I turn sixty, I know people say sixty. You're six. When I turn sixty, people are all saying, "How's it feel?" Hey, I'm. So happy to be 60. And it's better than not being 60. Yeah, that's true. I always thought that. But as you guys get older, you know what's going to happen is people that respect you or people that want to know and pick your brain about the industry, they'll just, you know, someone will say that they know you and they'll, someone will call. I've done things like, uh, I've done an interview. A girl had to do a, uh, a story for her high school paper and she asked if she could, you know, talk to me. And I did. Next thing you know, she sends me a White Sox hat just to thank me yeah, for it. Yeah, there you go. Little things like that. And she sends you a half of the athletics, not sending nothing. you anything. I get nothing, nothing from the nothing athletic. From and the I athletic. pay them, actually. Yeah. See, Abdal is one of the most famous alum from Libertyville High School. So it's surprising that they have not done something. It's like Tom Morello, uh, Marlon Brando, Adam Abdallah. Oh, so Marlon Brando went to yeah. Libertyville yeah. High School? Marlon Brando so, got expelled yeah. from uh, so, Libertyville. So the legend of Libertyville High, I yeah. mean, uh Abdallah not getting his like plaque at the school. Wait, oh, it's probably because you were too high in high school to. <laughs> what is to, that? What, what do you mean? That? I'm, I'm just saying that's why the plaque is, is not. That? That's yeah. why they haven't had the Abdallah Day. Who well, does that? This, that this 420, maybe they will celebrate you. Uh, Abdallah. Adam Jones is much more popular than I am. He's the guitarist from Tool. He's also from our school. Okay, I, yeah, I, that's true. On that note. <laughs> Uh, we'll go to a guy that every time I think of this guy, I think of when I went to school because I knew the guy that gave out milk and also <laughs> burgers at, uh, at Morton East. And they would flip me two cartons of milk and two cheeseburgers. And that's the way I am right now. This guy, our next guest would have loved that. It is Nick Friedel. Hello, Nick. Good morning, my friend. Freddie, were, were my guys, Adam and Chris, not excited to talk to me this morning? Come well, on now. As soon as, as soon as I said that we've got Nick Friedel coming up, they were both like looking on their phones. I got uh, I got to tweet no, something. That guy. And, and, and meanwhile, I'm listening to the show because as an avid P1 of uh, listening to my friends, I flipped it on. And I got to give a, a shout out to our guy, Edzo, who <laughs> just 
here's the conversation on the radio and has to call and defend hockey's honor. I mean, I love that guy. And, and in all seriousness, I, I didn't grow up with hockey. Uh, I grew up in Orlando. But I learned the game from watching him all these years on TV and, and from reading uh, our friend Scotty Powers uh, at The Athletic, your fave, Freddie. So, yeah, did you, did you grow up playing a sport? Uh, I played, I played basketball <laughs> See, I my whole life and soccer. Okay. Uh, and then in high school, the basketball coach came up to me and said, how many guys play on the court at once? And I was like 10. And he says, how many guys play football <laughs> or on the football field at once? And I said, 22. And he looks at me and he goes, exactly. And I was like, what? And he goes, you play football when you're on the basketball court, so you've got a better chance of playing football as you get older than anything else you do. So uh, my sophomore year of high school, I started playing football. And then, random fact, I replaced Max Starks. He went to my high school. And Max was a, a tackle who won a Super Bowl ring, a couple Super Bowl yep. rings for the Steelers. And so when Max graduated, <laughs> there was me. At six one, two hundred pounds, trying to stay in front of some people at uh, Lake Highland in Orlando. So there you go. There you go. So see, uh, something we didn't know about Nick. He replaced and Max. Starts. We're all richer for knowing that. Now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, thanks, oh, thanks for sharing, man. I love yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. baby. That's really going to keep the <laughs> listeners yeah. past past the first five minutes of the hour. Yeah, yeah there you go. Thanks, Nick. <laughs> well, Nick, I want to ask you something before I let these guys uh, start attacking you. Uh, I'll continue <laughs> to attack you. I'm not sure. Um, but I want to ask you something. There was an article in the paper today, and it, it, it hit on Chris Black's favorite player, apparently, from the Bulls, because uh, Chris and I talked about it on Friday. I think this was off the air as we were leaving, because Chris took his disgust onto the streets as he was leaving the uh, the stadium, or not the stadium,